Ian Shippen is one of the largest wool growers in the country with properties across the Riverina of New South Wales and Western Victoria. But despite being extremely successful, he of course has plenty of challenges and last year's dramatic and overwhelming floods presented an enormous challenge to shearing many thousands of sheep that had become stranded. But from this crisis has emerged a great outcome. Welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast for the wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. So as we've known for some time and discussed many times on The Yarn, the wool industry is being seriously hampered by a lack of available shearers and wool handlers, despite increased efforts across training and the emergence of new technologies. And we'll discuss this later in this episode. But add the massive flooding of last year and you have an immediate crisis. So Ian Shippen is an incredibly hard person to contact. So when I had the chance to speak with him, even whilst he was driving, I took it. So with apologies for the audio quality, Ian Shippen. It was a, it was a pretty difficult cheering, this one. Uh, we were inundated with flood water and probably only happens about once every 50 years now in our country, but uh, it created its own issues. Um, and uh, that combined with... Uh, a lack of shearers uh, made a very drawn out affair about shearing. We started in October and it only just finished, but uh, anyway, at least we, we got there, I suppose. That's, that's the way you got to look at it. So we can talk a bit about the, the shearing crisis uh, in a minute, but in terms of the floods, uh, tell us a bit about how that unfolded for you and particularly with shearing, because you've uh, you had to think very quickly on your feet. Yeah, so we have like we shear in about four different sheds at uh, Millamet, and every time we move sheep to one shed to the other, we were uh, we we're getting landlocked with flood water rising. So logistically, it was a, uh, a a pretty big affair where we had to truck you know, a lot of sheep, you know, up to probably thirty to forty thousand sheep we had to truck around. But in the end, uh, I uh, rang uh, Tom Hurst from the AWI and, uh, in desperation and uh, saying. You know, we've got to do something, and uh, he was very good about getting some modular units to us. So, uh, one of our uh, places, one of our properties, we, we, we weren't affected that uh, badly by the flood water. We were able to turn a, uh, a hay shed, um, which is about 30 metres by about 18 metres, we were able to turn that to our northern floor, turn that into a wool shed in three weeks, extended the floor, and put a uh, seven modular. Uh, shearing setup in it, which worked really well, and I'd just like to make a special thanks to Peter Golding who did that. He's our venue contractor and yard builder, and it's a pretty incredible effort. He turned a hay shed into a shearing shed within three weeks, built a set of yards there. But anyway, it was very, very, uh, and when it finished, it was a pretty efficient sort of setup, and it worked well. Yes, there's been um, a couple of decent sized sheds that have used the modular. Um, system, the race delivery system now, but uh, you're, you're definitely the biggest. What's, what was your experience with how the sheep ran through it and what did the shearers think? I actually think, it, uh, surprisingly, I thought the sheep ran very well. Um, and this is a, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of time to think about it. Uh, I, I changed a few little things, but uh, conceptually they had, had, had worked well. Uh, I, I you know, I'm no spring chicken, I'm 57. I 
uh, penned up a couple of times with myself and a dog and did it easily. So that was for seven years of getting out. You know, we had a crew there doing about 900 a day. Uh, it worked well. And the shearers, look, I'd say there's two categories of shearers in Australia at the moment. There's the professional shearer who sees it as a career. They really want to it. They, um, they, they thought it was a fantastic concept. So I asked a few of them, they sort of thought it was worth about five or six sheep per run better in their tallies. Uh, these are people are doing sort of 35 a run, so you know, not that great a mass, but probably close to about a 15% increase in production. They also felt a lot better at the end of the week, they said, so they really embraced it. There's the other shearers, we had another couple of shearers there that uh, I, I just, sort of the shearers that just see uh, shearing as a uh, job of the last resort, and they weren't that impressed with it, but uh, I think as an industry and a whole, they, they have to embrace it because it just means you know, less energy used by the shearers. And it, it's the, that, that's, that sort of uh, equates with some of the other data that we're getting in terms of about a 10% lift in shearing rates and, as you say, shearers seem to feel less tired at the end of the week. Um, in terms of the, the L shape, so you had seven units in an L shape, um, how did the sheep run around the corner? Was that okay? Oh, really well actually. Well, the only reason why we created a uh, L shape is we couldn't fit them into the shed. So yeah, we uh, we got a uh, the local engineering works at Philippine made up a race to turn you know turn it to the ninety degrees and uh, they, they actually played very, very well and uh, if I was to uh, build another one, which I will do, I'll that's exactly how I'll design it. Uh, it just means that you're not uh, you know walking as far because once they turn around the corner they seem to fly really well. Um, I actually was very, very surprised. I had a few people there that were uh, a little bit um, worried that it wasn't going to work. Uh, but it, 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 I can assure you that, it, that, it, that the sheep run well enough. That's interesting because, um, yeah, I suppose that's one of the questions we get. Uh, you know, is it going to take a half a labour unit to push the sheep along? Uh, you, you know, a dog's going to be good enough to back sheep and keep sheep up to the shearers uh you know is it something the press is going to have to do in smaller sheds uh how did it change the labor in your in your shed with with seven of uh seven shearers well i i don't think it changes the labor that much uh, you, you still need a pen or rubber and a you know, seven stand shed to do it so we had one doing that well, i think you know obviously the raised board and the l shape is a little bit more efficient for the uh, shed hand. Um, and look, if you're going back to an old-fashioned shed where it's a straight board or something like that, you're definitely saves a few labour units. But, um, you yeah, know, the rouseabouts are really uh, keen on it. They liked it. Uh, and, you know, the class thought it was, it was good. So, you know, I think there's a lot of positives about it. I think it's an interim step uh, for the shearing industry. I still think we've got to look at other things like biological shearing and... Uh, uh, you know, anything that's going to take a bit of labour units out. And the other one, I think, a huge uh, issue in probably in the bigger sheds is, you know, pressing wool. I, mean, I just think it's an archaic way of doing business with uh, 200 kilo packs. I think we've got to look at, you know, like the cotton industry, we've got to start modulating wool into, you know, 1,000 kilo bales or modules or something like that. So that's the next angle that uh, Tom, uh, Tom Mose and myself are going to be looking at you know, in the next 12 months. 
Yes, particularly given that uh, I suppose wool gets uh, put in containers on ships, uh, maybe we can put them directly into containers in a more compressed format or something. Yes, yeah, but we've just got to look at that because you know, you know geez, we haven't uh, we haven't gone very far in the, the, the package of wool in the last two hundred years. I think would, the wool pack was designed to go on a camel, and uh, we've just stuck with it. And you know, there's got to be a better way of doing business than that you know, because you, you know, you got to press and pushing into a small box. And the only thing that's happened in the last two hundred years, we've got a hydraulic press, but it's too much labour, energy spent in pressing a bale of wool. So. I think we can look at that. We can look at uh, making it easy for the shearers in the interim until something else comes about. Hemming uh, is going to make life a bit easier for ship. So it is a crisis. It has been a crisis for some time. Um, we at AWI continue to train uh, a lot of young people, but it's, it's, it's a multifaceted problem. The retention of young people in sheds, the culture of shearers, the culture of uh, having good sheds to work in, um, the loss of a lot of Kiwis. There's a lot of different aspects to uh, a crisis that has been at uh, at fever pitch for for some time at the moment. Yeah, it is, and um, you know I think uh, you know, training shearers is one thing, but we've got to look at the big picture. There's got to be a better way of getting wool off the shoots back. Um, you know, I would I'm a pretty simple bloke. I would look at things pretty simply. Uh, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, there was a lot of people doing physical labour. Now, not many people in, in Australia, in the world, do it. So, we've got to make it easier. And it's, it is, whatever which way you look at it, it's a very taxing uh, workplace. And it's, it's, we've got to make it easier somehow. And, um, you know, I think the AWI, what is mother's a, 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 a necessity of invention. And, um, so we've got to look at some other way of doing it. Um, and I think training uh, shearers is just a stopgap measure. So that's all we can do at the moment until something else turns up. Yes, we've been looking at... Uh a new mechanism through through biological defleecing, but again, the hamstring there is... Uh is physically getting it off the sheep. I mean, the old system of nets was actually more labour intensive uh, rather than not. Did you, did you have a go at Bioclip? No, I didn't. I, look, I, I agree with you totally, but I'm hoping that there's you know, some other, you know, maybe a halfway measure where they're going to inject the sheep and uh, it only partially breaks off and you've got this bloody weight big vacuum machine that sucks it off and drops it on a table and skirt and you put it on an elevator and it drops into a thousand kilo modulated press. There, right? that's, that's how you, I'd like to see it done, but that's probably 10, 15, 20 years away. But we've just got to uh, evolve into a less labour years in the shed. Yes, uh, well, uh, as you say, the um, um, biological, the, the, the chemistry is there and there's a new, uh, a new method being uh, explored at Adelaide University but uh, gee there's as you say mother the necessity is the mother of invention and my goodness there's a necessity for it now so uh, all wool growers across Australia all inventors um, could be thinking of how we could possibly harvest wool that is partially broken uh, the, the, the fibre is is weakened significantly enough to be taken off the sheep but is still strong enough to be held on it um, so Maybe we're thinking about this also the wrong way, Ian. Um, maybe we could be using 
um, biological defleecing for for um, sheep that have wool of very little value, such as composites, and and letting that wool fall off and uh, allowing the, the shearers that want to shear to shear the merinos. Yeah, I think it, oh, I think it's a very good idea, and uh, you know, and I think there is a real issue with the uh, you know, the difference in you know shearing a merino uh, ewe in the river air and a and a, and a uh, crossbred lamb you know, on the table and so the, and so the, you know, the pricing structure is probably going to change a bit there. On, uh, on, I accept that, um, but uh, you know we can come up with some way where. And um, just in terms of staff, Ian, obviously you employ a hell of a lot of shearing staff uh, through your shearing. What do you do to retain those um, th- that staff workforce from one year to the next, and indeed during shearing? Well, we, we, we try and provide very good quarters. Uh, we have a state-of-the-art quarters that's essential, um, and we just got to try and work with them. We we, we uh, a couple of our uh, uh, properties are uh, you know, probably 40, 40 k's away from where the uh, the base of our uh, shearing quarters are, so we actually truck our sheep to the shed now, which is logistically a big job, but we're trying to make it that the shears have uh, got this nice environment that they can, you know, they can come home to at night. So we've put a lot of money into quarters. We've still got our sheep still cut a lot of wool, and we've just got to do that. So we've got to provide good wool sheds, good quarters, and uh, an environment they want to work in. So being a being an employer of choice, I suppose, by the sound of that. And um, as as someone Ian who's been in the industry um, for, for some time and has been very successful at it, how do you feel about the future of wool? I mean, obviously the. Uh, the shearing crisis is um, has come to a head at the moment, but uh, in terms of the longer term future for wool, how do you feel about that? Look, I mean, everyone, but I am I am really positive about it. I just think it's a fantastic product. It's natural, and uh, the, the more we go on about uh, you know bloody greenhouse gases and all that sort of stuff, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, I just don't see how the artificial fibres are going to compete with wool. So I'm very positive with the product. Um, and I, look, we'll work through this, you know, this crisis with the shears, and then we'll work through that. But, and, you know, I think once again, we've just got to be careful our cost structure. Uh, you know, we, we've got to make it uh, that you can't make any money out of people from dropping out of the industry. So I, I'm, I'm positive, I'm going to stick with it, and uh, we've just got to be, become more and more efficient. So you, yeah, you. That you make a, make a good point there. Um, there's a, there's a lot of competition for land use, uh, particularly in southern Australia these days. But it sounds like um, you're sticking with it, partially because you're still making uh, a decent return from it. Well, look, I mean, I, 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 I
always get is, though. It's like it's not, it's not rocket science. I mean, you just like getting cast down, and you've got to grow a lot of wool. Uh, it's as simple as that. On, on, on a per sheet. I mean, I'm just a bit worried about where the interest is going uh, with some of the stud breeders, where they're pulling wool off, they're trying to make, you know, easier care sheep and easier shearing sheep. And I'm, you can still have a sheep cutting a lot of wool as long as it combs, the shearers will be happy enough to shear them. So, uh, I am, there is a bit of alarm bells in the industry the way people are heading with some of their uh, flocks, but um, I'm just going to stay the way we go. And, uh Yes, you've obviously had a bit to do with AWI through uh, this um, particular uh, um, shearing. Um, you speak with Jock Laurie regularly, I understand it, as well as a, a few staff members. Um, how do you think we're going and how can we improve as, uh, as your research, development and marketing body? Well, I, look, I would, you know, a, a really big thanks. Camilla and I, you know, to the AWI this year because we were, uh, we were in all sorts of trouble. I rang Tom and... Uh, he, he organised the whole thing about getting the, the units and the modular units out of it. So, you know, a personal note was fantastic this year. Um, look, I think uh, with AWI going, I think it's been a change in direction. I think John's doing a great job. Um, and John, they all they see the big issue now. Uh, I thought AWI the past been too focused on marketing and not enough on research and development. And um, there's not much, you know, not, as I keep on saying, there's uh, no point in uh, going to the uh, catwalks in Milan and having a look at the wall if you can't get it off the sheet's back. So we've got to go back to basics and AWI are doing that, where we've got to look at the industry of how we shear the sheep. And then, you know, marketing them always, it's important, but we've got to solve this problem first and then uh, re- you know, relaunch the marketing solid. So I think AWI see the seriousness of it now and just going back to basics and uh, I think they're on the right track. I just hope AWI can come on with some answers, uh, but I, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just, I'm very happy the way it's going. Very good, Ian. Well, um, thank you very much for your uh, time today. You're an incredibly busy wool grower and um, yeah, d- drive safely. And once again, thanks a lot for uh, catching up on the yarn. Woolgrower Ian Shippen, and apologies for the quality of the audio, but what Ian had to say was uh, definitely well worth it. So for information about shearing schools, uh, the shearing modules discussed, the shearing shed designs and ongoing investment in biological shearing, shearing muscle fatigue and automation, head to wool.com for all the information and events coming up. And as I always say, please follow AWI on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, but from me, Murray is coming. Thanks for having a yarn with us.